Hello, everyone. Welcome to our retrospective for Fables Around the Table Candlelight. Uh, I'm Chelsea, and I'm joined by Fiona and Caitlin. And together, we were the cast of ladies who brought you this season. Hi. Hello. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're here to sit down and talk about what our experience was and why we thought romance games were like a cool thing to bring to the table. And maybe we can talk about why you should play a romance game. Mm. Um, and I guess first what I want to, I, what we should open up with is how did you guys feel about the season? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a lot of fun. I was I was really excited to play all the romance games because I usually like to uh, have romance in games if everyone at the table is comfortable. And uh, yeah, I was really excited to do this season and it came out so good. So I am happy. Yep. And I was also really excited to play. Um, I think my experience playing tabletop games did not include playing direct romance-themed games. So... It was really cool to actually get to experience that, and especially playing with you two. Aww. <laughs> um, I know for me, one of the reasons why I really wanted to, to do a whole season on romance games is my experience with romance in other games that are not made for romance um, is usually that I end up getting like very entrenched in a romance, especially with my my vampire girlfriend Fiona mm -hmm. over here. <laughs> yeah, we both know like going in like okay, like this is the other person who's going to play this with me. <laughs> so yeah, we just go for it like every time. It's great. Um, but it it was really nice for me having like the romance be the point. Um. Because with my experience, it's it's turned out that the romance usually comes that you you start focusing on the romance when you're kind of like not into the plot anymore, or like mm -hmm. the story has nothing to do with you, or you've like started separating yourself from whatever the main story TM is. Yeah, it can feel very like side questy in a lot of games. Yeah, um, so to have it be actually like the main quest and be like the point TM was, I think, very good, and I think made the, the romance feel extra good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because um, I know for me, and this might only be my experience, so you can totally chime in with yours, um, but for me, when I when I feel like I'm, like, taking more time to focus on whatever, like, romance I'm trying to facilitate in a game, um, it sort of feels like I'm causing everyone to, like, stop and, like, focus on me for a second. Um, and that's not usually what I tend to like to do when I'm playing games. Um, I, I don't want to ever have my stuff, like, forcibly stop and, like, halt everybody else's forward progress to a grind while I'm off here, like, smooching a boy or something like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's definitely something that I, like, think about whenever I've played games with romance involved with a different plot in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, I know the thing that I tend to worry about in those cases is that I think my character deserves, you know, like a good romance or like hopefully not a bad romance. I only like good. I only want good romance for my characters, <laughs> but not Bluebeard. <laughs> well, look, <laughs> that's the exception that proves the rule. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but. <laughs> Like, oh, no, not Bluebeard. Um, but 
the thing that I worry about in those cases is also that not only is it like moving the focus off of the like the main plot over (coughs) to the romance but also that like the romance itself isn't as good because what i find myself in is in romances with characters who the like the whole relationship is almost like i don't want to say tainted but kind of like influenced by the rest of the plot so it feels like more extractive or exploited exploitative of Mm -hmm. that npc typically than anything else and i think like as a player i don't want to engage in like that sort of like one-sided or like misguided sort of relationship because that's not what i would want to do and that's not what i would want for my characters Mm. yeah i didn't even think about it that way but that makes sense if you're like trying to do romance but you're like more of as like a investigative seductress or something like that Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think there's certainly, like, places for it. Like, for, like, a very flirtatious character or a character who does like to have multiple partners, like, I think that's all fine. Um, But I think it also runs the risk of, like, becoming only sort of transactional rather than, like, actually giving it, like, substantive romance. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, My experience with it in games, well, what I found really interesting was that we were able to do, like such complete relationships in just a one shot um because I, I i think of like other one shots that you know i've like played and it's basically impossible to you know engage in um like establishing a romance even um because you're just so focused on like okay let's like go get the plot done um so role playing in general just becomes very hard but i've also noticed in longer campaigns uh romance is easier to like do and to like put in especially with like you know other pcs and npcs and stuff like that but like so much of the relationship comes with like out of character stuff um so you like start to like establish that romance and then it sort of like turns into a game of like what if away from the table like oh like you know let's like get this relationship going and and things like that and i've even noticed that with like our other podcasts like um with like tales of the void fair I, I feel like that really sort of like um has happened not in like a bad way but with you know our with my character ravnus and with the npc ezerath like a lot of their uh, relationship buildup, I feel like, has been sort of like, you know, us talking like out of character about like the theory of it versus like putting everything on the table and having that like slow burn forwards. Like we take like a step forward at the table and then like two steps forward somewhere else. And I and I don't think that that's like exclusive to like Voidfarer. Um, that's been my experience with like a lot of games because a lot of times you only have so much time to like actually tell the story (laughs) right (laughs) uh that's interesting um i know personally um when we're when i'm talking about like a like a home game something private you know the podcasts are obviously something different because people are listening and engaging with that as a media product but i don't personally like to like quote unquote ship characters in like private games because I don't want to, like, enforce that kind of influence. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Because I, I think then it, it, it stops inspiring, like, actual role play, and then you just start sort of, like, pretending away from the game. Mm-hmm. And then that's not beneficial to, like, the people actually playing. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, I think that like in in a lot of games, it, it's sort of like a double edged sword. Like it does help like um establish a lot of things like you know boundaries and expectations and stuff. When like with romance, you are you know, exposing a very vulnerable part of yourself for, like, storytelling purposes, especially when it's becoming a product, as it is, you know, with our podcasts and such. Um, Right. But it does make that sort of, like, a very, very slow burn, like, a lot harder to do, and it does sort of, like, set up expectations that, like, okay, we are going to, like, move forward with X thing from now on, because we all sort of, like, decided it's, like, a cool, fun idea. Right. Yeah, and like if if you're like brainstorming with with everybody involved, where you're like these are the paths forward we would like to take, that's like different than just being like, well, I think that these characters should be together, and I will make it so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's entirely fair. I like the really wild ships, like turtle soup, and like you know whatever. Yeah. <laughs> those, those are my favorite to wildly speculate about away from the table. <laughs> right. But, like, those are, like, absolutely jokes, right? right it's right. sort of, like, not actual, like, w- when it starts getting into, like, actual feasible stuff, it's like, okay, this is, like, squicky, I think. <laughs> um, I guess, do you want to, like, talk about what it felt like since you, you sort of mentioned that um, playing romance games, you, you sort of are putting a vulnerable part of yourself out there? Um. Do you want to talk about what it sort of, like, felt like to play these romance games? Sure. Um, I guess I, I can sort of start with... Um, so so something that sort of happened with um, A Cozy Den, so that would be um, the, the Spooky Nook Artist Academy, or whatever we called it. <laughs> um, I, like, was sitting here and actually was, like, sort of enveloped in, like, warmth trying to play this game. Mm-hmm. Like that's not something that's ever really happened to me in another in another game. Aww. Just like this this feeling of like coziness, like is truly really the word. Um, and I I think um, I described it as it being just like this really gentle game, and like you really had that like feeling of touch as you were playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, almost like you could feel how soft and like gentle and and, and you know warm that the game was and that was not something i was actually expecting to experience i guess mm. did did you guys have something similar with with any of the games yeah i i i think that i did um uh a cozy den uh spooky nook it it was just like a i was just like smiling the whole time because i was just like imagining it and it was like so cute and cozy and i just like loved them um there's a part in, I believe, Masks where it talks about, like, being fans of the characters as, like, a part of role-playing. And I try to, like, keep that in mind as we, especially because in seasons like this, we, like, move so quickly between story to story. Like, I try to, like, fully invest myself in it. Um, so, I mean, obviously people can't see me because this is a podcast, but I tend to, like, gesticulate even more wildly than I do, like, in person, or I try to, like, make sure that I have, like, my facial expressions, like, match what's going on just to, like, more fully immerse myself in it. And with, um, with romance games, that leads to, like, interesting things. Like, it really does make you feel like you're, like, putting, like, your whole heart and soul sort of, like, out on the table. Like, with uh, Spooky Nook, it felt very, like, cozy and cute, and you just couldn't help but go, like, aww. And um, with, like, <laughs> tension, it was, like, 
you wanted it to happen like so badly that your character couldn't even help but help but like reflect that um and dating sim built that up in a really interesting way because we started with like not bare bones but we started with i felt like sort of like a skeleton of our character with like uh very basic like wants and needs and personality and then through these questions we like built them up into like this like cool person that i was just like oh man i like really want you know so and so now to like find happiness in like whatever way that makes sense for them um right yeah (laughs) but it's just like so fun to do (laughs) and in a one shot i think that that's a really interesting experience to have because one shots i feel like are so much more like um like genre studies rather than like character studies but i felt like these romance games sort of like had that beautiful mix of both where you had like lots and lots of plot and the game set up to like really um tell a full story in a very short amount of time but also you had the mechanics that would really help your uh, character study develop and like make your characters like self-actualized interesting romantic people yeah and i think the a lot of the points that you touched on fiona are ones that i definitely agree with and the same with the cozy feeling chelsea because like i also wasn't quite expecting to like feel as like warm and fuzzy as i ended up feeling uh Uh like i know it was a goal but you you know like sometimes the I guess what I was worried about mostly, to to put it a little more clearly, is that like the mechanics of the game might get, I guess, in the way of like the feeling that we were supposed to be um, recreating. And I didn't actually feel like any of the games were inhibiting it, and rather that they did a very good job of um, what's the word? Complimenting. Complimenting, uh, like uh, like making it happen. Uh, instigating. Yeah, they, they sort of like, uh, <laughs> facilitate you to, yeah, faci- to, to get there. That one. <laughs> and I don't know about you all, but I don't know if I've ever laughed more while playing games because <laughs> between like like the nervous giggles where you're like, mm-hmm. oh no, we've got to flirt <laughs> or like genuinely like funny things between all of us and like just like with how much fun we were actually having, like for me, this was a really interesting look also at like us as players mm-hmm. on top of like all of the character in- introspection things. And I highly recommend playing romance games with your friends for that matter. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, so um, for any of you that have wandered onto our Discord, you will find me fighting about uh, roleplay mechanics and <laughs> why they're so good. Um, but it's, it's sort of like in these indie games, you know, these, you know, these games are meant to inspire that like cozy feeling, those romantic feelings, those like, you know, they're meant to inspire feelings and the rules really are, are made to like help you get there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just so like, you don't realize how important those rules can be until you're like playing a game and you have them and you're like, oh my gosh, it all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Is it like coming from more combat focused systems, like going into, no, we don't want to like fight somebody, we want to cuddle, was <laughs> a difference for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> but I think it, it was really nice. And I think anybody who's looking for, I guess, 
like those warm and fuzzy feelings from say shipping your characters in other games might want to consider trying one of these and seeing how it goes um and by might i mean do it (laughs) (laughs) or else that's that's our call to action do it or else (laughs) do it (laughs) um but like yeah it was like doing these i i knew we would enjoy them like that that was never a question and i knew they would be funny because it's us and i knew they would sound good because it's us um but there was really like this sort of like profound feeling throughout all of them that was like oh my gosh i i have been missing this from other games i didn't know we could do this in in a game agreed yeah i think that my first uh so the first character I'm, I'm trying to remember which character came first but i think the first character i got really interested in romance with was um a pathfinder character actually pathfinder first edition back in like 2012 or something like that and she followed um gosh she was i think a sorcerer but very religious and followed like whatever the goddess of like beauty and love was and um I, so in the first game, she was just sort of like, I, I don't think anything really happened. She was off on her own. But then uh, we put together a Pathfinder All-Stars game. And uh, we just had like all of our characters. We, we each played our favorite character. And then like, you know, our other characters were like NPCs. And it was all in good fun. And she pursued. Um, this was like a spring break game. So we played every day during spring break for a couple hours. But she pursued a romance with one of the other characters. Uh, one of the other characters with my friend Pat and that was a lot of fun and like it was it was like cool to see like a little like romance blossom as they were like you know sort of like fighting against the end of the world um and then uh and, and then I would do stuff occasionally with like you know various other games like Vampire D&D or you know um obviously uh Visigoths versus Malgoths uh, oh yeah <laughs> all the good stuff but yeah i bully my friends into it sometimes i'm like well my character is a crush on your character so <laughs> <laughs> um i guess that's a, that's a that's a good transi- transition did you guys have a favorite moment over any of the games i think pretty much the ones that fiona just mentioned <laughs> were a lot of the really good ones <laughs> um hmm. i think my favorite was the elevator scene because it really did manifest so beautifully that feeling of like like edge of your seat watching like you know a show like killing you for whatever being like kiss 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 and just like even though we were the <laughs> ones doing it we just like made that tension ha 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 just so perfectly in the moment and then like we went for it and it was like yes <laughs> <laughs> I think for tension, the, one of the other moments that I think I really liked was um, the the familial moment of um, now. Which one do I like? Now I'm thinking of two of them because one I liked when it was uh, we were all meeting Sly Hans and the, <laughs> the resulting <laughs> debacle that that followed, and then um, also when Frankie showed up, I guess as an Uber driver. That <laughs> was, was like. That was very good. <laughs> You're just like, don't say anything. Like, say what? I won't say anything. <laughs> Where are you going? What you got in your pocket? What are those papers? Who's this? Yeah, tension. <laughs> tension truly had so many of those good, like, awkward, like, like realistic, awkward situations mm-hmm. um, that I think really pulled it all together. Yeah. Um, 
I <laughs> I also love the the Han Sly Han segment uh, because I got to do a goofy voice. <laughs> um, but also there, there's my one of my favorite parts of, of tension is saying something. I don't even remember what the line was. Um, and then Fiona, you go on and continue in character and then totally derail and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I laugh about that all the time. <laughs> Let's see. For Cozy Den. Hmm. I think maybe when we were all um, showing each other uh, what we had made and yeah. going through everything and like, I guess like to me that part was also like a culmination of like their relationships thus far mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i don't know it was just really sweet yeah with with cozy den even though we were were pushing through so so fast the like the fact that we got the whole arc mm-hmm. in the the two and a half hours or however long that episode is felt like so satisfying that mm-hmm. we were able to pull it off yeah um even though we were sort of like at the mercy of dice the entire time mm-hmm. but yeah that was fun. It is funny about the imaginary ducks, too. I do love the imaginary ducks. Um, like sometimes things uh... just come out of my mouth, and I don't know. <laughs> well, it was so funny is I try to, like, tell people about that, and I'll be there, like, wheezing, can't get the words out about these ducks, and they will be like, what in the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Look, they just don't come out right. <laughs> Nobody will know the pain of the nightmare ducks. Oh my gosh! I like <laughs> see when we when we uh, blow up and like become really popular. We've got to do a Kickstarter for these felted nightmare ducks. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought they were just gonna be pink. I don't yeah, know. Why. Yeah. I... <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. gosh. I was definitely just thinking about how like. To be honest, like as somebody who likes to get into creative pursuits, um, like artistically speaking, uh, with whatever, like drawing or even like uh, ceramics or whatever, um, I have a real hard time visualizing anything in my head. Um, mm. Like I, I do not. I, I, it, it, it's very difficult for me to take an idea. Like say for our character descriptions. I I keep all of the descriptions. I have no idea what they look like altogether. And so for me, like the translation for like making up like a duck that doesn't exist is also because I have a really hard time if I don't have a reference. And so weird things have happened. But normally it's just that I can't get proportions right or like it just looks wonky or I'm like, well, that's not what that looks like. But it never (laughs) comes out the way that I'm supposed to. Yeah. I don't end up drawing elder tours often. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh god. Um, amazing. Um, I think my favorite part of dating sin is <laughs> Fiona when you took control of uh, Princess Raynette at the end and just oh, had her go to town on that beef jerky. <laughs> I don't remember if I said that first or second or like what on earth I was thinking when I said it, it was so wild. I, I was imagining her like much more like barbarian like rather than like a knight and I was just like yeah she just goes town on it I don't know <laughs> no and I think the thing I liked about dating sim was like I guess the options although it also made it interestingly awkward but I think it was really neat to like have the options 
there so that we could collaboratively come up with the way that the story was going to go from there. So mm-hmm. I don't know. When you gave me that option, it was like, ah. <laughs> you can't <laughs> not <Yeah>. get it. <laughs> Man, that was, that was so funny. <laughs> well, because in my mind, it was definitely like I was catching the like prim and proper like etiquette is important vibes. And then um, it just like I thought it would be really funny to like witness as like an unseen observer if you were seeing them talk to each other and like they're having a great time it's like both of them are like relatively serious people and then we go to eat and it's just like like very unexpectedly yeah yeah and i feel like at the you know like at the end of it i was envisioning um reyna like you know like daintily wiping her mouth with like a handkerchief or something you know like still just like Going right back to it, but like eating is like the <laughs> thing. I do like so. My favorite part about that is I think Caitlin, you described it as like, oh, okay, so she's comfortable, right? It's sort of like let let her like barrier down. Mm-hmm. She's let the walls down a little bit, and I think that is like a brilliant way to describe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not eating oh, in the man. eating with the full court involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness that. This this season was so fun. <laughs> it was. Oh my loves. <laughs> See, my face is hurting from um, smiling already. Ah. <laughs> I here's the question that I think is beneficial to other people and not us just gushing about how much fun. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um. Yeah. What kind of uh like what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's never played a romance game but maybe wants to get into it? Sort of like whether or not they've played like done romances and other games and like they want to get into this or like this is their first kind of like experience with role-playing a a romance kind of focus story um i would my advice would be i would go with like a game sort of like really any of the games that we've played this season but i was thinking also like dating sim is a really good example of like um helping you build your character and like build your interactions through like not like strict mechanics, but very like structured mechanics. Um, I think that that makes it a lot easier because if you sort of like just go in and feel like you're like floundering with stuff, it's like it becomes, you know, it becomes a lot harder, I feel like. Um, Mm -hmm. I think also like approaching it with like your good buds is is also pretty important because like you know if you jump into like a con game or something that because although i don't know how my con games are happening nowadays um that becomes <laughs> a lot harder and a lot more more awkward to try to do um but yeah like i think that those role play mechanics are like really nice to like um support your play and also like to lean on a little bit if you're like not really sure where to uh where to proceed yes and i will add um even like one like playing with friends is very important i i think this would be a little difficult to do with strangers or people you don't know so well um not mm. that's not to say that i don't think that you could be successful doing it um but the thing that i would recommend in all of those cases um would still be just like very good communication with each other mm-hmm. of your expectations and of your limits and i don't know uh, basically the same things that you'd kind of be concerned about in a real life sort of romance you kind of do want to hash those things out up front um i think it would not be as successful in terms of like 
formulating like the the warm fuzzy feeling and like getting your character arc in if you don't go in with some expectation of how the, like your friends are going to like to also um interact with you or if um where'd my my thought train go um <laughs> nope it just went right off the rails again well, here we are <laughs> but um yeah namely to say that like you want to you want to approach this game in the same way that you would approach trying to flirt with somebody else um in this case i think it's easier because you do get to play with people you know and that makes it really fun and um i don't know if you'd like to practice your romance then this is a good place to do it Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that makes sense. And you know, before we we started the season, I I think we mentioned it in maybe one of our episodes. But we like sat down and we're like, okay, what are you guys comfortable with? What are you not comfortable with? This is like how far we're going. We're not doing like sexy stuff, really. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, the good so old fade to black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we, we kind of had all that on the table before we started playing anything, which I think was very good. Um, I think another piece of advice that I think it is helpful for me, especially like if I'm playing like a romantic character, like obviously I love you guys dearly, but I, I do not wish to flirt with you. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, like keeping in mind that you're playing a character and having that like very distinct character player separation. Yes. I think is really important for a romance game. Mm-hmm. No, and I think yeah. that'll help facilitate it too if you were feeling uncomfortable about like pl- doing the romance part of the actions in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. Because then like you're not super awkward or bad at flirting. Your character is hey. super bad and awkward at flirting, right? Um or like if they're supposed to be this like top tier sex god kind of character and, <laughs> and you you say, you flub the line a little bit, it's not like your character is now suddenly a lie or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been lucky to never have like romance bleed in like games, luckily. Yeah. <laughs> uh that's always been like a nice thing. And I, I feel like a lot of people are pretty like cognizant of that. And it is like a great I I, I do think it's like a a way to like bond. Um, so like, you know, I, and like role playing in general, it's like, you know, something that like makes you sort of vulnerable and it's creative and stuff like that. So that's always like a really good way to like, you know, bond with your friends or like make new friends or stuff like that. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, watching the bleed for that in particular is important, but I think that too, it's like, it's easy enough, like, especially because like, it's so easy to like burst into like giggle fits and stuff like that. And then like, you know, sort of like slip out of character for a minute. Uh, that really helps the the tension of things like, you know, stay pretty firmly like in the story rather than like weaseling right. your way out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just I think that's that's really important. Because uh, then you know, it's for play and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And like, you know everything's okay right. and then yeah. you don't get into yeah, like weird fancies. like overlap feelings where like then you're unclear where you stand with say the other person that you're playing with um yeah i i yeah. think maintaining a character for these is important although obviously you are allowed to put parts of yourself in your character uh mm-hmm. self inserts oh, yeah, are fine but um you yeah, I think that's a boundaries, fair point. Yeah. Boundaries are important yeah. and should be respected. Um, and I almost wonder if, like, so I don't want to say, like, we're, like, veteran role players or whatever, um, but if you're not, if, if, if you struggle with kind of separating your player and character, 
I wonder if taking um, like check-in breaks like we did in Bluebeard, um, just to like make sure everybody mm-hmm. was okay and like yes. still cognizant about what's going on. Um, if implementing something like that, like check-ins in between scenes, like, hey, are you okay? Are you still like, are you, do you know the difference between you and your character? Like what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't help to like, not only make sure everybody's still having fun, yeah. <laughs> But but also like help uh, keep keep people cognizant of, of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think um, the other thing I was going to say off of what Fiona had said earlier was that like say if you don't feel like super um, capable of like the role playing aspect of this, um, then playing one of the games that has like more what how would you this more like mechanic minded structured framework um, might be <clears throat> a good first step. Um, instead of just jumping straight into like largely role playing out an entire scene without really like feeling comfortable where you are and role playing at that point. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were, we were just having this fight in the discord the other day. Uh, and when I say fight, it's like a play fight, not like an actual <laughs> like grand debate or anything like that. Um, but I think people who have started with games that don't have those role play mechanics, they see them and they're like, oh, this is going to limit me. Like, this is, I don't understand why anybody would need this. I don't need this. Why would anybody need this? Um, so when you get into these kind of, like, games where the mechanics are, are meant, meant to help you role play and help to, like, get you where you need to go in order to have fun with this game, I think, uh, like, you it, it you shouldn't overlook the importance of, of those kinds of things. Yeah. And, like, at that point, the mechanics also serve to help facilitate creativity, where, say, you might be so caught up in the romance that instead of, like, knowing where you want to go for the next step, like, the game does that for you. And it makes mm-hmm. it, like, a pretty smooth journey through uh, the game in that regard. So you don't have to worry about also, like, um, you don't have to worry about pacing or, like, where, like, I don't know, where do you take your person on the next date? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have you have a structure for it instead of it being yeah. all out in the open. yeah. Um, I think the other thing that the role-playing mechanics do really well is that they help give everybody agency in the game. Because um, as as we were playing the three of these and, you know, the, the three games we play it are very rules light and, you know, not, you know, super crunchy or anything. But they're all very different, distinct rule sets. Um, and all of them, I never felt like one of us was more in control of everything than the other or that, you know, at one point somebody had the reins and they were completely in control of stuff. Like, I felt like we were, we all had equal parts in all of the games, mm-hmm. which I think is very important for a romance game. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I know that you had all even said during um, Bluebeards that you you felt like the um, the role play, uh, Caitlin, you and Annie had that the uh, role playing mechanics really like helped you feel like you were heard more at the table mm-hmm. and i thought that, that I, i've thought about that since you like since you guys said that because i'm a loud asshole and don't feel that very often <laughs> but i always think that's such an interesting thing like how how that facilitates like people um feeling heard and feeling like they're you know a bigger part of the game yeah so with that i think these games do a really good job of making everyone like be heard i guess like there's a space for everyone at the table in this game or Mm -hmm. this type of game and there should be Mm. um it's definitely in other games it's been more difficult for me to speak up in um 
like different situations or like for like moving together, like moving plot forward. Um, often because I think I tend to not want to play like a more main character e character. Um, I don't really have tendencies towards like being the one that is like super dedicated towards pushing the plot forward. Um, I do like to play a supporting character a lot, but there's definitely an aspect of these games that makes it so everybody gets to come forward and it's easier. Like the balance is a lot easier. You don't have to force yourself to to speak up because it's it's already like it sets you up into feeling um, a more natural flow than it feels like like fighting to get your voice heard because the other person's already listening for you right Mm -hmm. yeah i i I think that's that's a good fighting for it you're you it's not combative to see who gets to be in the spotlight right in in these kinds of games um and that i think is something that i struggle with too um as a player i'm not someone who's usually like i must be the driving force here i must be the one with all of the stuff going on um and so having having those mechanics almost lets me feel like I am allowed to make moves, <laughs> which probably sounds goofy with me. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, like like knowing that I have the space to be like, oh, well, I would like to to do like something that examines an emotion right now. Uh, and the book allows me to do that. I, I feel more comfortable doing that in a game like this versus one that doesn't have any kind of relationship mechanics. Because then I feel like I'm just wasting people's time. Right. And then the setup, too, for this is already collaborative. So you're you're not trying to set up conflict between characters, which I think often comes in with, like, between players then. Because, like, at that point, there is a character separation, but there's not much you can do to separate it out if you're also going to be playing a character who is more dedicated towards being in the spotlight Mm -hmm. so with these games it's just like the setup is already there for you to be making something together whereas i think with things like dungeons and dragons like you're looking at a game where you are trying to make something like to to form a story together but everybody often feels like they're on their own different path on the same path if that makes sense yeah yeah yeah, they're sort of all taking their own individual hero's journey like, right. within the plot, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think that sums up my my experience when, when I've played D&D, where it's that, that sense of unity that mm-hmm. um, I felt playing these games and playing games like um, Bluebeard's Bride, especially, um, where it feels like w- me either as the GM or us as a G- as a party in a GMless game are like super connected and like we as a unit are driving the story forward instead of us as individuals driving the story forward. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and some people might not like that. Some people might it's like the fine. the idea for very like different like people pulling and and pushing the story in different yeah. places. Uh, and uh, we we're not here to yuck anybody's mm-hmm. yum. If you love that, great. I love that you enjoy playing role playing games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just gonna add too that like I think it's just like what you it, it allows for a difference in what you're looking for. So if you are looking for like a hero's journey, then like D and D is a really good answer for you. Um, but if you're also looking for say a hero's journey, but you 
want to I this is going to sound weird in my in the way it's feeling for me it feels like everybody's taking a collective breath at the same time Mm -hmm. and like everyone breathes the same I guess is where I'm at so like you are all in this together you are on the same path whereas as said before like D&D is not quite like that do I think that if you're looking for a longer form game that playing something like these games might be a little more difficult because of the depth of like connectivity and emotion that goes in them i think so but i also think that you could get away with it if that's what you're looking for mm-hmm. yeah like i i could see easily like if you really wanted to do something like a cozy den and and put it over a couple couple sessions so like you you kind of get to just go through those months at a slower pace i think you could easily do three or four sessions out of one quote-unquote cozy den absolutely yeah because that's just like sort of like a month over winters like each mm-hmm. session you know right yeah and then we could get to all of those threat cards that we didn't get to yeah we, we did roll pretty well <laughs> we did we did um i wanted the owl girl <laughs> i wanted yeah. her to come so bad she none just... of our exes showed up <laughs> i know that's true that would have been awkward. Ooh, that would that would have been so spicy though. <laughs> I don't know. I like the thought of Al Girl just like standing outside and like staring at your door because like technically she doesn't do anything. Yeah, she's just, she's just there. She's menacing. menacing. <laughs> that's why I wanted that's why I wanted her to show up so bad. I'm like, oh man, I'd like I'd love the idea of like having to deal with that that just like it's there. We can't really do anything about it. And uh-huh. also, like, you know, it's not doing anything, but it's there. <laughs> just like peeking through the blinds on the front door. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's still there. Our, our, our squirrels just, like, push all of the plants in front of the window. <laughs> <laughs> just the murals going over the windows now so she can't see in. <laughs> Um, do you guys have any uh questions you think we should uh examine while while we're here? Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh I was wondering if anyone had any other romance games that they recommended. So we have like uh so we we had three that we played on the show. I know that there were some that we considered but didn't end up using those. So do we want to talk about those a little bit? Oh yeah, totally. I say, I will let Chelsea take the floor on this one. <laughs> uh, for I am the one who hoards all of the games. <laughs> um, so one that we were talking about playing, but we ended up keeping because we may or may not use it for a full season of Fables is Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, powered by the Apocalypse game. But like romance is part of the point. But we thought... Um, doing a one-shot of Thirsty Sword Lesbians wouldn't really, like, benefit the game as much as uh, the games that we did play. Like, you got the whole experience of the game, and we didn't think we'd be able to really, like, push that with Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Mm-hmm. Um, another game that Fiona and I, we both have, but we haven't sat down to play it yet, is Starcrossed. Yeah, that one's just hard because it has the Jenga tower. Right, so, like, you have so to be in really person. it's really hard to communicate. Yeah. Yeah, Must if you're listening to this, and you're yeah. If you're listening to this, and you're familiar with Dread. 
um it's that but the tower is you know the events leading up to like the big like moment in the romance it looks so cool and i want to play it so bad so i don't know chelsea you're coming up on like thursday we'll have to (laughs) yeah right (laughs) um Another romance game that I have that is also uh, incapable of being like recorded on a podcast like this is um, called No Loves Land. Um, it's a it's... game where you play robot girlfriends and you like re- tear up your living room and make like forts and you throw paper balls back and forth at each other. <laughs> that that's another one that we've talked about playing a, a number of times. <laughs> um. And I guess the other one that I have that I'm not really sure would work super well for the podcast is called, um, oh no, I'm late to the NCR concert and I have an extra ticket. (laughs) Mm. Um, I backed this on ZineQuest like a billion years ago. And um, you play people trying to get to the, um, the MCR concert. As the title denotes, but you keep running into cryptids, um, and you have to date one of them and bring them to the concert as your date. Ah <laughs> oh, man, sounds like my high school experience. <laughs> um, but like that involves like having a map and like traversing certain areas and stuff, and that would just be like a pain in the ass to to get rolling. Yeah. You don't want to do another MS paint map like we did in Sleepaway. Art. That was a beautiful. That was art. Let's let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> Cliff kept making fun of it. Uh, that's because he's a doo doo brain. Got him. Ooh. <laughs> Roosting Cliff when he's not even here. Oh. <laughs> there was a game I considered instead of tension. Um. Well, actually, I considered a number of games instead of Tension, uh, but the one I think I was closest to going with is called Kintsugi, uh, which is a world champ game co-game. We played Adam Vass's games on uh, on Fables before. He also did uh, our season. He also did Babes in the Woods Second Edition, which we did on our season Lost. Um, and that game, it's not like romance exclusive. It's about like relationships. Um, but one of the options is to have it be a romantic relationship. And there's also, like, I think family is another one. Um, it's a D6 die roll, which one you get. But we were sort of going to cheat a little bit and say that it was a uh, romance. And you go through, like, the beginning, middle, and end of of the relationship. Um, it's a really interesting looking game. Um, I also have a romance trilogy that was done by Emily Kerr Boss. Um, she also wrote Bubblegum Shoe, which I know is a pretty popular game. And uh, we were considering a couple from those, but those were often for like more players than three. So we were, tra- and a lot of them are also LARPs. So we were trying to like figure out, you know, which games we could sort of like modify for three and play over Mike. Um, all are very fun looking games though. We do a lot of sapphic games with ladies, I've noticed. We gotta get the we do the guys in at some point. <laughs> yeah. That can be candlelight too. <laughs> oh, candlelight too. Now it's all it's all mask presenting people. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Uh yeah, that was I, I kinda really like that we, we kept the season really sapphic. Um yeah, I do too. It's on brand. Yeah, truly. <laughs> We're a pretty sapphic show. <laughs> um, well, now I just want to play more romance games with you guys. 
<laughs> I know. No, me too. <laughs> um, but alas, I'm afraid we, with the season ending, we have to get ready to go into another season of Fables Around the Table. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and I hope, listeners, you're not sick of me yet, because I'm running the next one, too. <laughs> what? Um, pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Um, I am joined with a, a, well, it's not an entirely new cast, um, but we are taking on the nitty gritty, grimy, uh, metal inspired game of Markborg. What a switch. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I have, I have many facets. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I am very excited for that, um, our... Are, you may you may know uh Tom who's made uh music for some of our other fables. Uh he is tracking a lot of metal music for it. It's gonna sound so good. Mm-hmm. Um and if you stick around after we wrap up here, uh you'll hear a trailer and hear me scream into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh imagine going from sexy voice into <laughs> yelling about the end of the world. <laughs> You contain multitudes. I contain uh, multitudes. Yeah. Ready, ready for yes. this this new aspect yeah. on the podcast for everyone. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Um. So once again, thank you for joining us on this retrospective. Uh, let me introduce all of us again. Um, the cast for Candlelight has been Fiona L. F. Kelly. Um, my name is Fiona L.F. Kelly. You can find me on social media at Fiona L.F. Kelly. Kelly is K-E-L-L-Y. Um, and I am the showrunner for this show. And uh, I am also on the other Project Derailed uh, show, Tales of the Voidfarer, which is a D&D 5th edition actual play, Spelljammer inspired, and any nominated podcast. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I play a a pirate character Ravnus, and um, I'm also the host of the movie podcast Big Streaming Pile. It's a podcast about bad movies that you can find on streaming services, um, and uh, whenever I can bully Tom into it, we have new episodes to put up. We are like partway through recording a season now, so that'll get out uh, eventually. Um and yeah, uh, this this podcast is a part of the Project Derailed Network. I, along with Nick, uh, who is not on uh, this season, but you can hear on other seasons, are we're the two creative heads of Project Derailed, and we have a good time doing that. And I am a writer. I write stuff. I'm mostly ghostwriting stuff now, so I can't tell you about it, but I promise it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I promise it's good, guys. I promise it's good. I promise <laughs> I, I'm good at what I do. <laughs> um, this season, we were also joined by uh, Caitlin Camp. That's me. Uh, so I am not quite as illustri- illustriously decorated as Fiona, but I have been on a few of our previous seasons of Fables Around the Table, as well as I have been a guest on Tales of the Voidfarer as well for one of the interlude episodes. And if you'd like to find me, um, I'm on Instagram at sunshine underscore Kate. That is Kate with a K-A-I-T. And... Um, yeah, I'm around on there if you'd ever like to chat and also on our Discord server. 
uh, where you'll mostly find me talking about various nature things because that's just how it be. That is sort of our brand. <laughs> yeah, it is our brand. We have a weird brand, but it is our brand. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm Chelsea Rexinger. I am the art director for Project Derailed. I have done. I do all of the art covers for uh, Fables Around the Table. Um, and I've GM'd and will GM and have played on most of the seasons. Uh, if you check out any of our back catalog, there's like a 80% chance you click on one that I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I'm not doing Project Derailed stuff, I am uh, a candle maker. Uh, I am co-owner of a uh, candle shop called Plot Kindling Candles, and we make candles inspired by your tabletop role-playing characters. Um, if you go to etsy.com slash shop slash plot kindling candles, you can find our D&D line or start your own order for your own custom character candle today. They're good candles. You should buy them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and with that, I think that we are going to put the candle out <gasps> until we talk to you again. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thunder crackles against the cloud-covered night, backlighting an ever-growing tower that pulsates and squirms. The stench of thick, dead blood from the rotting ground beneath your feet screams with the pain of every weapon rended from the grisly warriors who've met their end here. The earth quakes again as a deafening roar echoes from the slick meat tower in front of you. She calls. She is waiting. You see and hear this terrible, like, cracking of bone and rending of flesh as his form just sort of shifts and twists. Uh, maybe he's, like, juggling or something. Maybe he's found some, like, dismembered, um, body parts and he's, he's using that as a distraction. Galgenbeck, what a nice city. The rotten flesh doesn't stink quite as much there. Rejoice! The fall of humanity comes! But has all of the sickness been for nothing? Find out on Fables Around the Table, she. As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal, Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it as uh, something new out. And he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names and contrastingly colorful font below them. Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale. Yeah, watching and seeing what happens isn't stopping the crime. Remix! Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper? Quasi Raptor! Quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022, from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here.
Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a Gith Yankee. My character is a Doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're ravenous, right? Yes, and you are. It's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luck B. Cumble. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! <laughs> There's so much to see over here! Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. <laughs> Projectderailed.com